Hello and welcome to Taking Social Stock. Taking Social Stock is a weekly show hosted by me, Andrew. And me, Heather. This is episode five. This week we'll be discussing voting, the importance of it, and how to do it if you're still unsure. Our goal today is to make it as unbiased as possible, right? Yes. The first thing I want to discuss briefly is kind of the the history of voting in the U.S. Compared to most nations, we do have a fairly broad voting eligibility, uh, I guess you could say, platform. I don't, I don't know what the rules would be. Mm-hmm. But most Americans, if you're over the age of 18, you're technically allowed to vote. Yeah. There can be things that are put in place to try to limit and suppress voters. We don't want to get too heavy into that. That's kind of a very political topic. We'll but get we, into it a little bit because it's reality. We will get into it a little bit. It's unavoidable because one key thing of voting is being able to vote. Yeah. But like I said, voting is challenging in most countries, and we have a long history in the U.S. of voting challenges. The voting rules, something I learned very recently, aren't actually outlined in the initial Constitution. All it really says is who can vote or how the voting should be done for the offices. Oh, wow. We so, never talk about that. Yeah. it's These are the kind of things you don't learn really, at least I didn't learn in school, mm-hmm. but the Constitution only outlines that the president should be elected, elected by electoral system, which is a way to give the House of Representatives or other officials kind of some power in the system. And then Congress should be elected through the popular vote, which we still follow. Obviously, popular vote elects basically everything except for the president. Other than that, pretty vague. There have been multiple amendments after that that change voting rights, clarify it of who can vote. One key thing that I also didn't know, and this happened just before our lifetimes, is in 1971, well, more than a decade before we were born, but 1971 is when the voting age was lowered from 21 to 18. And that was all the result of something that happened in 1940, Mm -hmm. just long continuation of the lead up to World War II when the voting or the draft age was lowered from 21 to 18. There was a lot of outcry that, well, we can go and fight and die, so we should have a right to vote. Yeah. Then that kind of lost steam after the war. But then after the uh, Vietnam conflict, it came back to light and it became very important. And eventually legislation got passed in 1971 to change the voting age. That and the civil rights movement are probably the most recent yeah. big changes in U.S. voting. Everything else is, I think, more plucking strings back and forth, trying to make the system fair. It's definitely not completely there yet. Some people trying to make the system fair. Some trying to keep it unfair. Well, yes, it's already unfair, but yeah. people trying to make it more fair. Yeah. I, I focus on the positives okay. here. You know, one of us has to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, okay, so, I, so before I say anything, I'm just excited because we're looking at each other. We're sitting at our table with looking at each other doing this before we had uh, a different setup where I would have to look at a wall and try to have to respond to you. So this is, this is pretty fun for me. You know, everything that you said is accurate. And when you were sharing some of that with me earlier about when the age got changed, that was something that either I wasn't taught or I don't remember being taught. It feels a little vague, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a lot of improvements that could be done at least in the history education department of, you know, most, I guess, high school and grade school programs. I'm not a teacher. We've talked about education briefly before, at least on the COVID side. With voting, there it's a very important, or at least we view it as very important. I think it's a very important right that we have and a right that should be given fairly. But I there's a common thing you hear when people are like, you should vote, it's your civic duty. 
What, is, what does that say to you? It says that you have, you have a voice, you have opinions, and you have a responsibility to use them. Okay. I guess I get that. To me, it's one of those things which we'll get into a little bit later, but it always struck me as it's my right. It's not my duty. I kind of separate those in my mind. Mm-hmm. I view like defending our country, defending my what's what I view as right as my my duty. But something that's my right is I have the option to do it or not. Uh, and not doing it is fine. Like so, maybe maybe I've always viewed that wrong. But it's always one of those things that struck me weird. And to someone who, well, we'll just say it now. I've never voted in a presidential election. Yes, yes. I voted in the primaries this year. I'm so excited that you're going to be voting this year. And I will be voting this year. I've always been registered. I just, for many reasons, which we'll get into, never did. Yeah. To me, one of the things I'd always hear is people say, well, it's like your, it's your duty to vote. And I'm like, I don't know. It feels like it's my option to vote, not my duty. Mm-hmm. Like, what's it changed if I vote? And that opinion comes from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So we both grew up in very similar cities. Mine, I say, is the nicer version of yours. You do, yeah. (laughs) But mine also, I guess they're both very, they both have their very built-in belief systems and their political bias. Um, Mine's a steel town, so it leans very not Republican in its core state. Yes. So where I grew up, though, there was basically only one party. If if you really look at it the way the, the area votes, there's one party. Yeah. The other party doesn't even run for a lot of the local elections or any other party. You know, obviously there's independence. So to me, it was always like, well, what's the point? The only people to vote for, the only people who can win are the ones that I don't want to win. So why even take the time? Also, with the way our country is set up, 48 states follow the winner takes all electoral Mm -hmm. system. So when it comes to the president, well, if my state is going to lean one way, which in my narrow bias growing up, I thought the whole state was like my town. I figured, well, what's my vote matter? It's going to vote one way. All the electoral votes go one way. That is one thing I learned in in uh, social studies yeah. and history classes. So it felt like it didn't matter. Now, we're, I've been a grown man for half my life now, so I should have figured out better. But I still just thought, well, okay, at this point in my life, I'm, I've am i missed a lot of years of it. I'm kind of a little embarrassed to yeah. go to the polls and not know what I'm doing. Yeah, And it's no different than anything else. I'm more of an introvert. So something I'm not comfortable with and don't have expertise in is something I kind of I leer away from. And I still felt like my vote wasn't as important. But that changed in 2016 yes. with that election. And it it isn't as much that I had a lot of bias one way or the other on the election. Hindsight, I would have had more bias. But it was more that that election was close. Yeah. The Bush-Gore election was close. Yeah. So votes do actually matter. That's one of the things I've kind of learned as an adult. And it was re-ingrained into me when a guy I went to high school, well, didn't go to high school with him. He went to my church growing up. Mm-hmm. He won a mayoral election, mayoral election down in Southeast Missouri where we grew up. Yeah. And the vote, he won like 114 to 41. Voting matters. Voting really matters <laughs> in small towns. Something I also didn't pick yes. up on because I only thought... The major elections matter. Local elections obviously matter a lot, yeah. especially things such as uh, the issues and bills that are put forth for your state and for your, your county. And those have a bigger impact, especially for now as adults. We don't have children, but it has a big impact on education, mm-hmm. which I still feel is very important even as a non-parent. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So this will be my first year voting. So some of these resources on here are 
both useful for me and hopefully useful for our listeners. Alicia, that we're going to share a link to a Google Doc. That's that's what we're going to be sharing here. Exactly. Yeah. So in the show notes, you'll see a link to a Google Doc that has a bunch of different resources. So do you want to kind of go over a few of those resources that are in there, Heather? Can I say first, though, I want to talk a little bit about our story, your story of, of coming here, because I am overjoyed that you're voting in this election. And, you know, something that you said to me, you were talking about it, you said it the day after the presidential 2016 election, and you gave me permission to share this, so I'm going to share it. Um, but even the other day when we were talking together, I got a little choked up. And yeah, I wear my heart on my sleeve and stuff, but it really... It still gets to my heart because you said, okay, I know what privilege is. And go ahead. You were going to say something. Yeah, I nodded my head because that, I guess, also is part of the impetus of this podcast. But when the election happened, the thing that really stood out to me was there was a lot of people upset. There were some people who were overjoyed. But at the end of the day, I knew that, well, this it won't affect me. It'll affect other people who I know because I'm white and male, very few things that any elected president are going to do negatively affect me as much as it could impact someone who has, you know, who's a minority, who's of... Um, Might have physical disabilities. Has a disability, has doesn't have this, the privileges that I had. That's when it sank in. Be a woman, yeah. yeah. Or being a woman, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is... You know, I felt seen by you when you said that because at the time... We, we were, I don't think we argued a lot, but I was in the middle of, of social work school. So we would have conversations, you know, just to the heart of it around social justice matters. And I know that I had to annoy you and you annoyed me. And it made, made me feel more seen to be like, oh, he, he sees this now. He gets it. And um, I think it's probably pretty clear by this point. We, we clearly have a strong leaning on how we're, anyone could probably guess how we're going to vote when we go to the polls in less than a month. But that said, we at the heart of this, we believe that everybody should, who can vote, who doesn't have a barrier from stopping them to get to the polls, um, should be should be able to make an informed decision, whether that's in line with ours or not in line with ours. At our heart, we want everybody to exercise that vote, which is why we created this resource document. I will say for me too, that was, that's one of the biggest barriers. I never felt really informed Mm -hmm. as a voter. Yeah. Yeah. You you know what I would, I want to say is if anybody does happen to hear this, who's a first time voter, no matter their age, but especially if maybe they're where you are, where it's like, oh gosh, okay, this is my first time voting. I feel a little bit embarrassed. Like you said, I look at you and I'm like, you should not be embarrassed. I'm so proud of you. But putting myself in your shoes, yeah, I would feel that way too. I get that. Yeah, I'm a mid-30s guy (laughs) with two master's degrees and I've never voted. Yeah. Well, Well, I mean, I have now, but... You have now, Until I graduated, I guess the first, the primary elections was after I think I finished my degrees. Yeah. What nobody knew when we went to the primaries together, the polls this year, I... Uh, was so, so proud to get a postie or to get, to get to post a selfie with you. I didn't say it, I don't think, in like the description, but I was so proud because that was your first time, really. But I wasn't going to tell people that, but now that you are, I can. Um, but what I would say is if, if there is anybody listening to this and maybe they find themselves in a similar situation, we will be there to encourage you. You just, you just 
email us. Andy's going to leave that at the end, that email address. And we, we are proud of you. And you're doing something that's important. Um, talking about this, this resource document. So one of the things that, Andy, you mentioned is like, I, don't, I didn't feel educated. There is so much information out there that it's almost uh, good that it's so much, but it can be hard to filter through. Uh, it can be almost too much. And I think it's really fair that people don't know where to start. So we're creating this, or we've created this Google Docs that anybody can have access to if they have internet access. And it has 2020 national voting resources. So I filtered through a bunch of different resources to try to find things that were user-friendly and covered a lot of bases. So an interactive map is one of the resources, for example, where you can see what are your voter ID laws by state. Um, To have another resource is a one-stop shop to understand about Who are the candidates, the federal, the state, the local, the judicial? That is really intimidating for me. And I I don't know when I started voting in local elections. It was, I feel like it was much later in the game after I started voting in national elections because I didn't prioritize them either. I do now as well, but I do know that doing the research on the candidates on the local level can be a little bit overwhelming. So found a resource that Helps to break that down. I will jump in here. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I have to add. Okay. One of the things that also pushed me to be like, hey, I need to actually vote is I was with some friends and one of the guys, one of our other friends that was, they were having a conversation about politics. I was just kind of on the sidelines. And one of the guys said, well, you're supposed to vote for the things that are best for you, right? I don't have this situation. So why would I approve that bond? And he genuinely believed that when he, he said it. And he genuinely yes. believed it. That was his belief as well. I should only vote for the things that benefit me the most. An example would be for, I don't, th- I'm making this example up. Well, but I can give like, you the example. Yeah, this was a example. bond that okay. was for public schools and his kids go to private schools. Mm-hmm. And that struck me very hard because even if we were to send our, if we ever had children and we sent them to private schools, we have that privilege again to do that. We have that ability. That's not everyone's, you know, ability. And this was a school district that I think hadn't had a bond passed in like 40 years or something. They were in desperate need of it. One of my friends is actually a teacher in that school district. So even though I don't live there, this guy who's part of this friend group, knew teachers at this school, knew his whole business. He was a business owner, worked with kids who went to that school. He knew the needs, but his opinion was it doesn't benefit me why should I pay a few extra cents in tax yeah. through this, cover this bond? Which that kind of blew my mind. And that's one of the things where local elections became, okay, that's important because I've said before, I don't mind paying taxes for services if the tax money is being used correctly. That's part of living in the US in my opinion. I think we actually, I don't know the exact numbers, but overall our taxes are not like overbearing by standards of other countries that are similar to the US. So I think it's only fair. Yeah. Yeah. I know when you told me that I was, I, my initial reaction was I thought, oh, he is so, so selfish. And and that is a, that is a selfish action, but that was not, that really wasn't where he was coming from. No, I, it was, he didn't know all the issues going on. He was just voting. That's how he had been raised to vote. Vote what helps you. Mm -hmm. He'd never had the resources or anyone actually show him how to access the resources. And here's how it 
actually, and, and let's pretend he is super selfish. We know he's not. Let's pretend he was. That he didn't understand that how he could benefit his broader community, which would benefit him. Exactly. If he supported If he, the you know, if the schools improve and business improves in the town, his business will mm-hmm. benefit from that. You know, going into kind of the economics of it, there is potential that, well, if the community builds up, if the students who graduate high school, obviously, if they get a better education, go to more colleges, they might not come back. But the idea is that a lot of these students who go to the high school will just have more opportunities to work in the community, too, if they don't go on for college education, or even if they do and go to the local college, they can build more businesses in the community, attract more people to move into the community. This is a community that I think they grow steadily, but it's kind of been fairly flat mm-hmm. since I was a kid. Yeah. So you know, that's a way to improve his business. The kids that are currently sitting in his store are the kids who are also going to make more babies that are going to be working in his store. So, you know, it's a little given to going to a store. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. 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 <laughs> he doesn't have children working in a store. We should say that. So. No, no. Uh, and he's, he is a good guy. Like I like the guy. He's good. Yeah. He's good to his customers. He's good to his community. Yeah. Which brings us back to the point of the importance of voter education, because you can be a good person and have a really bad impact on your community if you're not informed. Yeah. Yes. Um, so with the, the other parts of this document, there are some other things too. Um, what there's a, a Spanish language resource, what to expect as a first-time voter. If you want to get a little more involved and, and want to be a poll worker, there's a huge, huge shortage of poll workers this year. I, I think I, I haven't told you this, but I put, my, I put my name in to be a poll worker. So I'm at the election poll. So I'm, I'm waiting to hear back on that because with COVID, and mm-hmm. so many, typically a lot of the election poll workers are older aging Americans and it's more dangerous for them to be there this year. So there's a tremendous need for that. So if you want to get involved in that way, we have a couple one-stop shops. And also uh, with the voter suppression, we have some guidance on maybe you're in a community or in an area where, or a state or a smaller community where your voice might be suppressed. We want to make sure that you know how to handle that in the moment if something like that happens to you. Um, and I think the the other thing is thinking about, yeah, just what it's going to be like going to the polls this year. We also have, I made a little card to break down how people can get prepared and the approximate number of minutes to do certain things like registering to vote. So saying like, you know what, if you have five minutes on this day, you can do this. If you have an hour on this day, here's exactly how you can get everything you need to go in and vote very informed on your ballot. The voting process for the presidential elections will take time. When you voted last presidential cycle, how long did it take you at the local poll? It, I, I don't remember the amount of time I was in line, but I was there first thing in the morning. It was still dark out and there was already a wild line. Yeah. So point with that is at the preliminary elections or the primaries, obviously we were basically in and out. Yeah. The poll was doing a good job. This was, excuse me, much earlier in COVID, but they were, they were spacing people out. They weren't, I don't know. It was like. I think they were requiring masks, but overall it yeah. was, it was quick. Yeah. With hopefully the different polling stations, if they are actually adhering to some form of COVID controls, people will be spaced out. It will take more time. 
So plan ahead. It will take time. You do have other options, as we kind of hit on briefly. Uh, there is mail-in voting. There's you other ways. You may have other options. You that may. can be tricky. Exactly. Yeah. Look at your options. I think there's resources here yes. that can show. So if you aren't able to make it to the poll, the polling place, there are sometimes other ways you can vote to get your voice and your ballot in. Yeah. But it will take some time. Just like, <laughs> I don't love it, but obviously you can play on your cell phone until you get into the polling site. Yeah. Yeah. I I expect that, especially in our community, uh, that it's going to be really long lines all day. I hope that's the case. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. So I think we briefly hit on earlier that voting is important. I don't know if it was this or our discussions where I talked about it's being your civic right and mm-hmm. or your civic duty to vote. Yeah. That doesn't hit me as a, a reason to vote. I think we've given a few, but big reasons to vote this year is obviously your voice can matter. There's, we looked at this briefly, um, but you know, I thought my state always voted one way. When I went back and looked at the records, my state's actually bounced back and forth on presidential elections. Yeah. They vote mostly one ticket, but it does bounce. This might be one of those years where it, it could be very close. It has trended to be more and more heavy one way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in Missouri. So Missouri is a state that has historically been kind of in the middle. Yeah. Something I didn't know growing up. A yeah, lot we of states, used to be more of a purple state. Yeah. Yeah. Those lines are blurring. Candidates can have a big effect on that, depending on who they're putting up, what voters they appeal to. Uh, we have two that I think, one more moderate, one definitely more um, radical this time around. Are you talking about presidential? Presidential. Okay, yeah. So that can be way different. We have different. a governor voting that's kind of, I, don't, I wouldn't say radical. Oh, oh no, no, I would say radical. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> something else. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Point with that being is that can change drastically who how the votes go. So even if an area normally is very leaning one way, it could be very different this year just because the candidates appeal very differently to the mass mm-hmm. and just the way the economy, different things like that are going. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's different than it was in 2016 for multiple reasons. Yeah, so if, you've, if you didn't vote in 2016 because you felt like, well, what's it matter? That was my stance. It could be very different this year. That's just one thing I would say is your voice does matter and it definitely really could matter this year my big push is take a few minutes become an informed voter i think that's the most important process that's something we're not taught enough growing up is how to be informed and what it means to be an informed voter because it it matters it doesn't have just impacts today Mm -hmm. the way you vote or who's in office it has impacts for years in 1940 when they changed the draft age that lasted for 31 years we had World War II, the Korean conflict, multiple other small wars, and the Vietnam War all happened while we had a lower draft age where people couldn't vote that could be drafted to war. That all that was 31 years that all lasted from one presidency. So that has a lasting impact. We had hundreds of thousands of U.S. soldiers die who didn't even have the right to vote yet. Yeah. Yeah, it does matter. I think that's one, that's one good example this has been a an upheaval of a year, regardless of which side, you know, air quote side that you, you land on. And I think hopefully what people across the border understanding is how important it is to be a friend, a neighbor to people, whether they do or don't look like us, whether they do or don't believe like us. 
whether they have the same or different sexual orientation or pronouns, and the list goes on, right? So the way to be uh, an informed voter is really taking a few minutes, like you said, to, and we provide resources to truly understand what the candidates on the local level all the way up to the, the top level are, uh, what, what their priorities are, how they're going to make, what their promises are in terms of making your community stronger. And Andy, I don't know if you carry this view, because I've never really asked you this. I've told you this is my view when you wouldn't vote before and you would have an opinion maybe shortly or maybe long after an election. And I'd get a little pissed off and say, you didn't get the right to, to, to talk to me about your opinion because you didn't vote. You didn't exercise your voice. Uh, I, I still have, the, I have a right to an opinion there. You ha- yes, 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 yes. Okay. So maybe a different terminology, but it's, I do carry the opinion that if you can vote, if you can get to your polls, if there's not something impeding you from getting there, and there are plenty of people who are being impeded from getting there, then then it's hard for me to, like your, your opportunity to use your voice is at the polls. And then whatever happens over the next four years, because regardless of who wins, it's going to be probably a rough next year uh, for a lot of reasons that I feel like you earn a, a space to really share because you did your part in making your voice and your vote known. Sure. You can look at my social media. I don't really discuss politics. The I think one of the few things I'd ever really put out there was, I, I think I'd posted it to Facebook that I understood what privilege meant yes. after the last presidential election. That was about it. Yeah. In general, you know, I, I don't discuss politics. I think maybe in part because there are a lot of very strong opinions out there. And I obviously, like I said, didn't vote. So I wasn't going to throw my name in that ring. Probably still won't be super outspoken unless it's a specific issue that I have a lot of stake in. Presidential elections, governor elections, even local elections. Local elections, a lot of times you don't even have a second person to vote for. There's only one candidate. So it was in my hometown for a lot of the, the regional elections. You don't get to choose all you want. You don't get to build your own candidate. So no. that's why I, I don't take a whole lot of, I don't put a whole lot of myself into the candidates. Uh, it's who's the best aligned with me is the best you can do, obviously. Yeah. The bigger issues, and I think the ones that are most overlooked, the things that are coming up, such as local laws. Yes. Those are the ones that can very huge. strongly impact you. Uh, and I think for like our neighboring state, Illinois, they have a lot of things going on as far as their taxation that's really damaging the state. I don't know what issues they have on their ballots, but those are things that, hey, you can directly def- affect a decision versus you can elect a politician and you don't know what they're going to do. Yep. That's why you have to be as educated as you can, especially on people who are career politicians. What have they done in the past? That's the best you can do, kind of like the stock market. Past performance is no indicator of the future, but it gives you an idea, you know, like Coca-Cola is still making the same soft drink they made the year before, and they're going to do very similar next year. In 20 years, who knows? Yeah. But you can look at the history and kind of get a gauge for the immediate future, and you can do that with career politicians, Absolutely. in my opinion. Absolutely, yes, yes. You can look at what are the patterns. Uh, yeah, not we're not putting all of our stake in any person. And I agree with you in terms of the individual ballots. We have a couple coming up in Missouri. One of the resources on the, the document where sh- we'll share the Google Doc that I really like is it tells you, here's the ballot and here's what it means if you vote yes or no. Because even the terminology in those those state level ballots can be really confusing. Yes. A lot of it is 
legalese and jargon. Yes. So it can be very challenging, you know, between the two of us, you have a master's in social work. Mm-hmm. I have a master's in business administration and finance. Oh, it takes me a while to read through them and, and to understand yeah. it. And I have a background in contract reading and a lot of the stuff. I still can look at those and be confused. Yeah. So yeah, definitely look at things that help break it down for you. They're not as complex as they look sometimes. A lot of times it's more, are you willing to have us do this kind of tax for this? Um, there's different ways that bonds are paid for. So they can have different impacts. I won't say you need to know all of how those are paid, but there are very good resources out there. Even just Investopedia can break down what this kind of municipal bond means, mm-hmm. how it's paid, how the revenue is generated. They have different impacts. That's very very finance focused. That's yeah. obviously the way I'm going to go, but there are great resources out there if you run into the terms you don't know. I would definitely recommend Investopedia if there's any kind of finance term you ever run into you don't know. We can add that to the document. Uh, and we will. So remind, remind me of that. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good point because people, different things are going to attract people to those local ballot measures, for example, right? Where you would hone in on what does this mean in XYZ terminology? I'm going to look at of what does this mean? Who does it hurt? Who does it harm at, at the core in communities? And I, don't, I think you can have a leaning of one way or the other of what draws you in initially. Because whatever it is for you, you're going to gain an understand, a broader understanding with Investopedia, for example, of what does this mean for the people? For me, I'm going to understand more about the money because when we focus on money and who, and who it is and is not harmed and who benefits, it, it always leads back to money as well. I've said it before, I think, but I view one of the primary roles of government is to collect the resources, taxes, and redistribute them. How well they redistribute them is the metric you grade that I grade government on. Yeah. If they're doing a poor job at redistributing it, well, they're not doing a good job, obviously. And also there's the side part of how they're handling our international affairs. But that's a very complex topic that we're not getting into today. Andy, I'm going to ask you a question. How do you feel about knowing that you're doing going to be voting your first presidential election? Uh, I mean, I'd, I don't have like a bunch of hype in my mind i don't i don't know what you're looking for with this. i'm just really excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's not something that i'm i like i think about obviously i know i'm going to do it i already know how i'm voting yeah i don't know all of the all of the more minor positions mm-hmm. that i'm voting for i need to look at our resources on those but i have a few weeks left to yes. do that but no i'm happy i'm doing it i feel like um it is easier it's it's not I never was really scared. It was more like I haven't done it, hasn't changed anything. My vote wouldn't it didn't win by one vote. What does it matter? Well, I'm one of what, three hundred million? You looked at it recently, Americans. So if there's even point zero one percent of people who are like me, well that's enough to change the outcome of every election. Yeah. So it it adds up. Yeah. It's kind of like it's like saving for retirement, right? Mm-hmm. Every little dollar I put in there or we put in there doesn't <laughs> isn't itself enough to retire on but all of matted together hopefully will be yeah (laughs) that's the goal so i gotta say i i am very proud of you you i i didn't even ask you to be like hey do you want to tell your story you were willing to do that and that does take vulnerability which which is so courageous and i'm just i'm very proud of you for being willing to share and your story it means a lot to me You've said it three times. This I podcast. know. I'm just. I'm excited. <laughs> so, did you have anything else you wanted to discuss? Any other resources? Any other tips, 
tricks from a veteran in the uh, the vetting the voting space? Yeah, I what I I think a couple things. So again, our resource stack, we intentionally are including things that we feel are digestible. If you happen to look at this and you have ideas, please email us. We'll have our email on the doc itself because we're for definitely open to adding more. Another thing is if you're interested in voting or if you're involved in your community, and this is something you you may or may not have heard of, is one of the concerns for this year is safety at the polls because voter intimidation tactics. And uh, typically those are a lot of times those happen in neighborhoods where people, uh, black communities or minority communities. And actually in the 80s, there was it wasn't measure, but I can't think of the other word. There was also we'll say it's a measure that was passed where um, the Republican Party tried to get it passed where off-duty armed police officers could stand outside polls, and they were typically in minority neighborhoods. That was that expired in 2017 because the Democratic Party couldn't prove that that was still a concern. With everything happening this year, that's also, it is a concern that the intimidation tactics could resume in already suppressed voter suppressed communities. So there are ways that you can, that you can make sure to, to get involved in all sorts of uh, different ways, depending on what really gains your, your interest and where your heart is on, on lots of different things with voting this season. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us tonight, today whenever you're listening. (laughs) This was episode five of the Taking Social Talk podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or other resources you'd like to see us add to the Google document, you can email us at takingsocialstock at gmail.com. Otherwise, we will see you guys next week.